0: Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. We're in week two of the series we call the Holy Spirit. And we started last week talking about how the Holy Spirit, the Holy, about the Holy Spirit's name and how his name kind of some, sometimes is not reflective of really what God, uh, of who the third person in the Trinity is. I mean, because a lot of people think the, you know, the Holy Spirit or go, ghosts, you know, it gets a little spooky for, for them. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, it's a little bit concerning. But, uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you, People have done a lot of weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit, and and then the Holy Spirit gets blamed for those things, and uh, and it and it's not really good. Like like I was in a meeting once in Southern California, and it was with a an, a, an evangelist that had a real big name and had been on TV, right? And so we're I'm in the meeting, and uh, he was teaching on the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus talked about you know that being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we'll, we'll get to that verse, but he, uh, so it's not a bad thing to teach on it. But what happened in the meeting was just blew my mind because then one of his ministers or one of the people that were with him to, to minister, uh, I'm watching in front of me and and uh he starts ministering to this guy and you know puts the hand in the forehead till he goes off his chair you know now he's down on the ground just that and it, that's craziness right the next thing i know this guy is down on the floor next to him and he's got his jaw and he's moving his jaw and uh make sounds make sounds i'm going are you kidding me i'm watching this going i'm out i'm out that's crazy right So there's a lot of bad misrepresentation about the Holy Spirit. And I think the Holy Spirit has been kind of, uh, been uh, packaged very wrong, okay? And then I think a lot of times people get the wrong impression about the Holy Spirit based on our upbringing or what our spiritual experience was in the past. I mean, I grew up uh, going to a Catholic church. How many Catholics are here? How many Catholics, -Catholics, ex-Catholics, you know? Uh, okay, few of you. Let's go to the other side. How many ba- grew up in a Baptist tradition? A, a Baptist tradition. Any anybody, anybody, hands up over there? Uh, okay. How many uh, a Methodist or Nazarene tradition? Just raise your hand. Okay, we got a, a couple Methodists and uh, Nazarene. How many? Uh, how about uh, Presbyterians? Do we have any Presbyterians? Or yeah? Ooh, good. We got a lot. Of, yeah, I expected that. We didn't have any Presbyterians in the first service, but we—they all come to the later service. I'm kidding. (laughs) That's great. Uh, And uh, okay, maybe uh, how about Pentecostal or charismatic church? Raise both hands. Okay. Yeah. You guys raise both hands. Right. Okay. Oh, man. So, you know, all our experiences have difference. I mean, it's like, you know, I was telling Lisa this morning, I've got some light bulb jokes. She goes, "Ah, I don't know if I'd tell them. You know, how many, hey, I'm a Catholic, right? How many Catholics does it take to, 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 to change the light bulb? Zero, because we still use candles, right? Okay. <laughs> how many, uh, uh, let's go to the other side. How many Baptists does it take to, to uh, uh, change a light bulb? Change? <laughs> change uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's, <laughs> well, who's talking about change, you know? Okay. How many, uh, how many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the light bulb, nine to bind the spirit of darkness, right? Okay, all right, let's get on. So, yeah, I didn't ask the last one. How many of you didn't come from any spiritual background? You're just good old-fashioned raw sinners and came into the house of God, right? Yeah, and there we got a few of those, too, amen. Well, you guys are in the best position because, uh, you know, you don't have to come through all the stuff that, you know, often we get, you know, when you come up with a religious background. But I think it's time that we really get some clarity on the real person and purpose of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I wanted to just talk to you about that. And remember last week we talked about how the name of, of the, the, the word spirit or ghost really was a hard translation that there really isn't an English word for it. And the best translation is a breath of air. A fresh wind, a fresh breath, amen. And and that's what God wants for you. He wants to, He sent the Holy Spirit to bring a fresh breeze into your life, a, a breath of fresh air when when you're when you're discouraged or when you're down, a fresh air, when you're facing some things that are difficult. Then when you can call on the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the fresh air blows it through your life and brings hope and encouragement. Come on, amen. And I think if people People really knew how good the Holy Spirit was for them, they wouldn't be running away from Him. They'd be running to Him. Come on, somebody say Amen. All right. Well, so today I want to talk about that. Now, we'll start, uh, I want to start. I want to tackle a term called uh, Pentecost. The term Pentecost. Okay. Because uh, and and Pentecost is not a word. It's a date. It's a date. Pentecost is a date. And uh, it was one of the seven biblical holidays uh, in the, the ancient people of God's calendar. And, and many of those holidays are celebrated today. They had three major holidays of the seven. That was Passover, Pentecost, and, and uh, Tabernacles. And uh, just like we have, you know, holidays that we celebrate, Easter, Christmas, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, or as a nation, we celebrate Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, right? So Jesus used these biblical holidays to really reveal his plan, his purpose, who he was uh, to the earth and, and why he came, amen? But the trouble with our understanding, and especially when it comes to scripture, is that we didn't grow up with these biblical holidays. Now the people that Jesus was talking to the people that he was sharing with and lived among, they understood these biblical holidays because they lived them. They lived them, they celebrated them annually, and so it was a part of their life. But as Christians, that's not often the case for us. Many of us grow up not not understanding or knowing about these biblical holidays. But Jesus used them in a very important way to reveal his plan and why he came. So Jesus, honestly, never came to do away with those things of the Old Testament. I love that he said this in verse five of, or verse 17 of Matthew five. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but I've come to fulfill them. Well, what does that mean? Well, first of all, the law when you ex- kind of extrapolate that word from the hebrew it doesn't it means the pathway to life and blessing now we've we've been told that it was just regulations and rules and you know things that are too hard for us to 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 do and and just religious but things but jesus said you know i didn't i do did not I do, do not think I have come to abolish the pathway to life and blessing or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And so, you know, we don't have to practice or do all the practices of these things, of these uh, principles, but we do have to honor the principles as they are important for us. And so those are the, the things for us to understand. So Jesus came to fulfill the pathway to life and blessing. How did he do it? Well, he did it in the context of these three major holidays. And the first one was Passover. Now, we just celebrated Passover in, uh, in a sense at Easter, and and because Jesus' fulfilled was the fulfillment of Passover, and He became the Passover Lamb. For those of you that don't don't understand what Passover is, let me just review quickly. That Passover happened when the Israelites had had gone down to Egypt after Jacob took his family down. When Joseph had, uh, you know, helped the, you know, was sold into slavery. And then he engineered a plan to to overcome a seven-year drought. Jacob learns of Joseph's uh, uh, being alive. And so Jacob brings the whole clan of of Israel down to Egypt. And they live there, begin to live there. And they grow and they multiply. And they soon become a huge nation that challenges the, the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is afraid of them, so he puts them into bondage. Several hundred years go by. They continue to grow and become a huge force in Egypt. And Pharaoh turns them into his forced labor. And we see the basically the slaves. And we see the results of their work in the pyramids and those then the 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 uh, tombs that have been unearthed. These amazing things. And uh, so they they lived there for 400 years. Now. When the slavery became unbearable, God, uh, uh, the Israelites began to call out to God and God sent them a deliverer. He heard their cry, he sent Moses to them, and Moses then, uh, uh, you know, brings the message to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no way, they're not going. How am I gonna, they're my labor. And so God gets the attention of the Egyptians by sending the plague, right, 10 plagues. And the final one is the one that really broke it all free when of course uh, God sent the death angel to, uh, to, uh, into Egypt and all the firstborn of Egypt died. Now, God didn't want the firstborn of the Israelites to die so he gave them a plan. He said, take a lamb, slaughter the lamb, put the blood on the doorposts of your home and when the death angel comes along, when that sees the blood, it will pass over your home and move to the next one. And if it sees the blood, it will pass over and go to the next one. And so it was their salvation. Their salvation was in the blood of the lamb. And here's how Passover, and so they began to celebrate that. God passed over, they were, you know, ended up, were freed from Egyptian control, went into the promised land. But here's how they celebrated the Passover in the in the ancient times at 9 a.m. the passover lamb was to be sacrificed at 3 p.m. the lamb went was put in the oven and then and the annual sacrifice of the lamb would cover the sins for a year until the, for the year until they did it again next year well jesus came to fulfill this part because he was put on the cross at 9 a.m. at 9 a.m. they drove the nails through his hands and through his feet at 3 p.m., they put him, took him off the cross and put him in the tomb. And then his sacrifice though just didn't cover our sins, they totally erased our sins and removed them forever. Come on, amen? So Jesus is the fulfillment of Passover. How do we know this? Well, Paul wrote about it in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. He said, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. See, the Jewish people got this. They go, got it. And it's something that we need to, to learn and comprehend. And it was a complete deal. You know, when Jesus did this, when they, the Passover, when he came as our Passover lamb, you know, there's nothing more that we could do. It was finished. It was all over our salvation. God made it complete. It's a, it's a, a complete package because God didn't want us to think that we would have to do something to earn it, right? That we would have to work hard enough, perform well enough, uh, or in some way earn our salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works. So no one can boast. So Passover is all about salvation. Okay. But salvation is not the end of our journey. Amen. It's, you know, God wants us to continue to grow, to develop, to serve, to make a difference in the world that we live in. So we get to the second major biblical holiday, which was Pentecost. Now. Pentecost is, is something that has been a little bit scary for people because we get the term Pentecostal from that and you know Pentecostal is like woo those scary people that either wear a lot of makeup way too much makeup or no makeup at all right and uh and, and all the weirdness that has come along with it. So, uh, and I'm not saying that everybody is like that, that's Pentecostal, okay? I'm just saying there's a lot of uh, stereotypical things and, that have been, uh, and labels that are in that. Uh, but the truth is penta or Pentecost, is made up of two words. Penta, which is five. Costa, which it means to the 10th power. So it was 50 days, 50 days after. Uh, and it was 50 days after Passover that the Holy Spirit came. It was 50 days after Passover that the first Passover, when they came out of Egypt, that God showed up on the mountain of Sinai, in the wilderness, and gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments. 50 days, okay? 50 days. That's what Pentecost means. 50. Scary, huh? Yeah, we should all be afraid of it. Fifty, right? Uh, but so God shows up and gives them the, the the commandments. There's fire and wind on the mountain, and there's you know there's there's uh, uh, there, and God writes the ten commandments or the beginning of the law with his finger on tablets of stone. And and but what's going on down below? The people get Get, get. Uh, they get distracted. They end up worshiping a golden calf. And here's what happens: the results of that is 3,000 people died when God, that when they were disciplined, 3,000 died. But at the, when Jesus came, He promised that 50 days later, that Pentecost was going to come. All right, and the fire and wind filled the upper room, right? Hallelujah. And then God wrote his word, not on tablets, but God began to write his word on their hearts. And then the result of that, what happened there was 3,000 get saved. And so you see this parallel of what God has done as Jesus is the fulfillment of what was happening, uh, it happened in the the giving uh, of the law, right? Look at this in Acts 1, 3. It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. Uh, That's a whole other message. He appeared to them over uh, a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, yet Jesus went up 40 days after. uh, There was 10 more days before Pentecost came. And on one occasion, he was eating with them, and he gave them this command. Now, there was another, think about the the first, there's another time when Jesus was eating with his disciples, and he commanded them to love one another. How many of you think that's a command that we need to pay attention to? Yes, to love one another as I've loved you. Absolutely. So now he's there, they're eating together and he gives them another command. And I think we should pay attention to this one also. He says to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand what that means, amen? Because, listen, Pentecost is really about having power to make a difference. Having the power to make a difference in our life. And, you know, what we know about this circumstance and this situation is that Jesus had already appeared to them. And the Bible says he had already, in John 20, 22, it says that he had breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came into them. And they were born again. They had, the, they had received the breath of life again. Think about this. When Adam was formed from the dust of the earth and lay on the ground, what did God do to bring life to him? He breathed on Adam and Adam received life, came to life. And Adam had eternal life. And now Jesus has rose from the dead and he comes to his disciples and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit and life comes into them. Eternal life comes into them. But he says, wait, wait, that's not enough. That's not all there is to it. Wait, because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And look what's going to happen. Because he, he said, you know what? I have more for you to do. I have more for you to do. I, it's just not about salvation. I have a work for you to do. I have a mission for you to accomplish. I have, I have some important things that, that you need to do. But you're not going to be able to do them on your own. They're too big for you to accomplish on your own. You're going to need some help on this. And that's why he said in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world." That means, that's like God showing up here and said, hey, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're gonna receive power to touch, to, to be my witness at your job, in your neighborhood, in the, your city, in your state, and into other most parts of the earth. Come on, are you with me? That's what we need to hear because that's what he's speaking. So Pentecost is not falling on the ground and rolling around or barking like a dog or swinging from chandeliers. Thank you, Jesus, we don't have any. But it is, it is receiving the, the power that you're going to need to make a difference in your world and in your life. Amen? And we have have work to do. We have work to do in our broken world to to make it a better place. We have work to do corporately as a church to make this world a better place. Come on, say amen. And, you know, without this power, we're not going to be able to pull it off. Because we can only go so far on our own strength and on our own abilities. We all need a personal Pentecost. And everybody said, amen. It's important because we need the power that God wants to bring. And then there's a third one, tabernacles. And I don't want to spend too much time, but tabernacles, you know, it's a celebration. They were wandering through the the, 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 uh, desert in temporary dwellings, heading for a permanent home where God was going to, allow them to celebrate the great harvest and the great blessing that he had. And and they celebrated during the harvest time because they expected a great harvest. And that's what tabernacles really, the fulfillment of tabernacles is simply in the second coming of Christ. Because folks, here we are, we are all living in a temporary dwelling. This is just temporary. And we're looking forward, Jesus is going to bring us into our final home, okay? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And one day we're going to get there and we're, going to, and we're going to celebrate a great harvest before that day comes. And can I tell you, this is a little known stat, uh, uh, statistic but about the harvest. But from 20, 2000 to 2017, more people came to Christ and became Christians than did in the previous 2,000 years since Christ. Now, talk about harvest. 2,000 years, 17 years, it doubled. That is a miracle, amen? <laughs> Folks, we are living in the final days. We are living in the final days. So you might ask me, Pastor Brad, uh, is the Lord coming again soon? And uh, could be. I mean, his promise, look at First Thessalonians four sixteen. for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. Listen, this Feast of Tabernacles was also called by the Hebrews the Feast of Trumpets because it points to the second coming. And the dead in Christ will rise first and after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with him forever from our temporary dwelling to our permanent home in the midst of a great harvest. And see, it begins with the Passover the salvation. We all need to be, uh, to receive that, what the Passover, what Jesus did for us. Amen. That's where it begins, giving our lives to Jesus. But once we're saved, we have an assignment from God to fulfill, right? And one that we need to accomplish together and that we can't accomplish it by our own. We, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to just give you three things that I think, the, we, the uh, three things that I know the Holy Spirit empowers us to do and how we, it help, He helps us to make a difference. First of all, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously, to live righteously. You know, it's not what we look like on the outside that counts or the image that we portray people, but it's what is on the inside that counts, Our, our living light, righteously. And when the Holy Spirit comes on us, we have that ability to do that. Look what it says in Romans 8, 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, and here's the key thing, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And so when the Holy Spirit is is in you and upon you, you wanna do what's right, you wanna do what is good. He guides you and leads you to make the right choices and to live the right kind of uh, life and and be the right kind of example. Come on, are you with me? So that's so important. He speaks to us. He teaches us. He gives us instruction when we least expect it, we'll hear a voice, you know, stir inside of us. And Isaiah spoke of, of it like this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And the Holy Spirit wants to guide us that way into the right kind of life, and the right kind of living, and the right kind of choices. The Holy Spirit that also empowers us to live supernaturally. I mean, listen, God wants us to live a life beyond the normal. He doesn't want us to be just like our neighbors, to be just like the guy, the, the people at work. He wants us to live a, a life that is beyond normal, that is because he 's a god of miracles he 's the god of supernatural, the god of blessing the God of that still does the impossible today. We had a lady come last yesterday she came actually to be a part of the the women 's lunch and and uh, one of the gals knew of her situation that she has been uh, you know has been struggling with a with an illness for for years and some of the concept or some of the symptoms of that now it, it has progressed where she was waking up every day uh Sick and nauseated, and spent half the day just in that in that a terrible you know place of uh, sickness and pain. And so uh, we brought her in because we have a an intercessory prayer time here from nine to ten every Saturday. And so she brought her in. We got the oil, and we you know I've got some we've got some great intercessors, some people that know how to pray and know how to believe God, and 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 uh, we laid hands on her, prayed according to the Bible and just, and, and, uh, I was waiting. We prayed and believed God for a miracle for her life. I told her yesterday, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow morning because she's had this every single morning, every single morning. So this morning I woke up, we were getting ready. I told Lisa, you know what? I can't wait to see Iris today because I want to hear what happened. So when I'm walking in from, or I was coming in from the church, I was outside and I'm on the parking lot and her husband, uh, steps up to me and says, Hey, you need to talk to Iris. <laughs> and she wants to talk to you. And so I, I walk over and Iris looks at me and she goes, no sickness, no symptoms. <laughs> perfectly whole. She said, it's the first time in months that I feel just fine. Folks, because we don't, God doesn't want us to live just the ordinary. He wants us to live in that supernatural, in the miraculous, in the blessed life. Come on, somebody say amen. And I'm telling you, listen, if you want, you know, sometimes we have, well, we have prayers, intercessors here after every service you can get prayed for. But if you want to, you know, you don't like the crowd thing or Just come on Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. We'll believe God to do whatever you need because he is still the God of miracles. He is the God of power. Amen? Hallelujah. We need that. We need it because all, you know, look at Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus, the Savior, was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Listen, we live in a world that is full of people still living oppressed, discouraged, beaten up, and broken lives. And the only way they find freedom is for his people to introduce them to a power from above that God will get and, and to be set free. Come on, amen? And that's what we need. That's what we need in the house of God. We need, you know, we don't need better, a better building. We don't need better lights or better sound or, 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 you know, or better coffee out front, you know, I I hear it all the time. We should get some better coffee, you know, we should get some better this or better that. No, what we need, we need. We need the power of God, amen? We need the power from God that heals marriages, power that brings health to sick bodies, power that sets addicts free from their addictions. We need that supernatural on our natural. Come on, say amen. And I love this in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, and I can relate to that, but with a demonstration of the spirit Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And we need a faith. We need to be empowered. Amen? The the last thing that the Holy Spirit empowers us is to live on mission. You know, we as a church, we're called by God to make a difference. We're called by God to reach this community with the gospel, with the good news. We're called by God to heal broken worlds, to, to feed hungry, to care for the homeless and for the poor, to send missionaries to all the unreached people, groups of the world. We are called. We've got a mission. We're not here just to come do some religious calisthenic every week. We are here with a mission from God, and we need to do it. Amen? And we need power to make that happen. And when we capture the mission in our hearts and we say yes to God, he supplies the power to do it. 1 Thessalonians 1.5, Our gospel came not to you with simple words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Folks, let's have deep conviction. Let's call upon the Holy Spirit to be filled. And not so that we can brag about our spiritual gifts and our spiritual strength and get caught up in pride. And a lot of people have done that in the past. That's not what it's all about. It's all about having, being empowered to make a difference. Amen? I love this and I put it in your notes, being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you, it makes me better than me. I wanna be the best person that I can be and it's only with the Holy Spirit's power. And when we humble ourselves and present ourselves to God and say, Lord, I need that empowering, I I need that empowering to live right, to make the right choices. I need the Holy Spirit's power to to get the job done that I have in this life. I need the power to live a supernatural life, to bring hope. I wanna be a carrier of power to bring hope to the broken, freedom, to the addicted, joy, to those that are living in sorrow. Come on, are you with me? Burned by the world. I hope you're with me. I want to leave a supernatural mark on this world. And it happens when we let the Holy Spirit empower us, flow through us, we see with his eyes, and we become his hands and feet to care, to love, and to be there when he speaks to us. Amen? Can we just take a moment and invite him? Invite the Lord to just... Fill us again, to restore, to renew, to breathe a fresh breath of air of the Holy Spirit on us. Father, we come to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you didn't want us. you know, the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't scary, isn't, you know, isn't weird, but is for us. Power to empower us to make a difference. And that's how Jesus fulfilled Pentecost. To give us power to make a difference in this life. Power to live on mission. Power to live right. And Lord, with all our hearts, we want to do this. So Father, for every person in this room, I pray that you'd breathe upon them. That Lord, they would have their own personal Pentecost. Their own moment of fire and wind. And the, and the touch of heaven on their lives. May they experience that grace upon them and the gift upon them that you promised to give everyone. Fill us, Lord, again. Refresh us again. Renew us again for your glory. And we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.